God with us, dot, 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 still. God with us, still. We have celebrated the beauty and the priority of the incarnation that God came to us in the person of Christ, took on flesh, incarnated himself, but we, we, are, we are pretty pretty glad about the fact as followers of Jesus that God is still with us and he is with us in the person and work of the Holy Spirit of God and we want to talk about that today what it looks like to say that God is with us still through the person of the Holy Spirit I want to make a simple statement that I hope you remember throughout the time in God's word today and it is this the helper is here okay the the helper is here helper capital H helper the helper is here. Help. What do you think of when you hear that word help or helper? Hamburger helper. Some of you were like, yes, had it last night. Love it. All the flavors. Some of you are like, I would not feed that to my dog. Hamburger helper. I'm not talking about hamburger helper. Hamburger's the star of that show, right? Nobody eats helper. It's hamburger helper. That's not what we mean. Um, Mommy's little helper. Santa's helper. Daddy's little helper. Think about those terms that we use, right? We use those with our kids sometimes as parents. You're such a good little helper, which really means you're in the way and you're annoying me, but you're my child, so I have to say something positive, right? You've been there. I could do this a lot quicker without your help, son. Mommy's little helper. Daddy's little helper. Um, We want to get past that too. Can you help me move? (sighs) Right? Would you be willing to help me move? I don't know. I feel like as a pastor, I've helped a lot of people move. People love to ask pastors to help them move, and that's fine. I'll help you move. Right, I guess, you know, it's like, well, pastors only work on the weekends. You can help me, right? So I get that a lot, but man, sometimes can you help me move can, can mean, can you do all the moving? Can you help me pack and move? Uh, I love it when you show up and they're like, well, we, we hired movers. I just need a little help. <laughs> I love those people. Can you help me move? You're a lot of help. Right? Say that sometimes. Think about that. We say that sometimes very sarcastically or very seriously, right? You were a lot of help. You were a lot of help. There's two sides to that. We want to move beyond that too with this word helper. God is our helper. How does that sound? Hopefully much more robust. God is our helper. Hebrews 13.6 We say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Man, that's not hamburger helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 54, 4. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Man, God is with us still. God the Holy Spirit is called the helper. And friend, he is is here. All right, let's... Let's go on a rabbit trail real quick because when I mention God the Holy Spirit, some of us are like, what does that mean? 
we're all in the spectrum probably today. There are people here who are like, you're, maybe you're just exploring Jesus, you're exploring church, you're not sure why you're here. Two, you know everything about God, you think. So we're on the spectrum. So when I say God the Holy Spirit, I feel like we need to qualify some things. We can't spend a lot of time here, but we need to talk about God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which maybe you've heard a lot about or a little about, but that's who God is. He is one God in three persons. God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's a, that's a thing. That's a very important thing called the Trinity, the triunity of God. And so we need to talk about that for a minute because it gets to the very heart of who God is. Fred Sanders, if the Trinity interests you, okay, you're like, well, I love to study the Trinity, or I would love to study the Trinity. Fred Sanders, easy name to remember. That's a theologian you should know. Look him up sometime. But he writes this, the doctrine of the Trinity is the Christian answer to the question, who is God? It maintains a strict monotheistic commitment. In other words, God is one. But it also acknowledges that Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are fully divine, if you think all those thoughts together at the same time, you end up with the doctrine of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as three persons, one God. The doctrine of the Trinity is also directly connected to the good news that God so loved the world that he sent his Son to make us into children of God and sent forth the Spirit of his Son to enable us to call him God, Father. So the Gospel is itself Trinitarian and the Trinity is the Gospel, but... It's a big doctrine. <laughs> it's expansive and comprehensive and holistic and mind-stretching. It was eight degrees in my car on the thermometer when I came this morning. So we're not going to go that far with the Trinity because it's big. It gets to the very heart of who God is. Think about that. So we're not going to spend, we're not going to go farther down that rabbit trail. But friend, I'm here to tell you, God God presents himself in Scripture as three in one, and the Trinity, and the Trinity is very important. It is essential to what the, what the Bible says about God. And so this person of the Holy Spirit is God, very God, and he is called the helper, and he is here. God is here. God with us still. Christ came as a man and left to go back to the Father, but he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, He's the helper and he is here. This is John 14, 6, and we're going we're gonna to spend time in the English Standard Version of the Bible. Talk about that for a minute. Why? This is John 14, 6 in the ESV, English Standard Version. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. There's our word. To be with you forever. One commentary says this. Finding an appropriate English translation is a very difficult task for this word in the Bible. It's very difficult. Um, no single English word has exactly the same range of meaning as the Greek word. So depending on what Bible translation you have, and if you have like a device where you can look at all kinds of translations, you'll find all kinds of ways this word is used. Uh, I want to use the word helper today. That's why I like the English Standard Version. I think that, English, I think that word helper is such an earthly, uh, human word, right? We can get our hands around helper. We understand helper, so I like that word. This word is translated in various versions. Advocate, uh, counselor, um, comforter. But you see, it's hard because the Greek word uh, is so rich, the, the, the language the Bible was written in, so it's hard for one word because when we say helper, we're not talking subordinate. This is God we're talking about. So it's not like, a, it's not like mommy's little helper. That's not what we mean. And 
And when we use the word counselor, well, it's not like a camp counselor, right? So we, God's not like a camp counselor. He kind of is, but he's not. So that word doesn't help us completely. There's no perfect word is the point. But I think of all the words I've read and all the translations I've read, I've settled in on helper. I want to use that word because I think we can get our heads around helper. It's human. It's earthy, that word, helper. We've been a helper. We've been on the receiving end of help. So today we want to look at, at the helper from the English Standard Version. God is with us still. The helper is here. I want to consider three important characteristics of the Holy Spirit as our helper. John 16. Turn there, okay? John 16. And there are Bibles provided for you in the venue here in the worship center. And uh, version has an outline you can look at there. And... Um, in the worship program, there's an outline just to jot some things down or listen along and kind of uh, take this information in. John 16, I want to read 5 through 15, okay? Here we go. John 16, 5. Jesus is talking. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is God's word. And this passage tells us that God is with us still in the person of the Holy Spirit of God, the helper. The helper is here. Three things, three characteristics we want to consider. Number one, this, the Holy Spirit is a sent helper. Verses five through seven basically tell us this as we divide up the text. The the Holy Spirit is a sent helper. A sent helper. Um, Look at five again. But now I am going, this is Jesus, now I am going to him who sent me. Now I'm going to him who sent me, 7, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will, what? Send him to you. The Holy Spirit is a sent helper. A couple things about that. Number one, I, I get this perspective about God from here and other places. God is on mission. God is going or coming or sending, always in Scripture. Did you ever notice that? God is, God is always going or coming or sending. The Holy Spirit of God is a sent helper. Listen, the God that we worship, three in one, he is a God on mission. He is a God on mission. Basically, what Jesus says here is, listen to his disciples who are gathered there and wondering. He basically says, if if I, I came in flesh, if I don't go back to the Father, the Spirit cannot come. And I am going to send the Spirit. And when that helper comes, he will take 
This gospel, this truth of Jesus, Jesus says to his disciples, he will take this truth to all places at all times throughout the world. That's why Jesus says he has to go. God is on mission. God is on mission. God, is, God, is, God always presents himself as sending or going or coming. Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to the one who sent me, but I'll send someone, another helper. The helper is here. The Spirit of God is a sent helper. The other beautiful thing about this passage that I love is this, this, this part of the passage is this, we are not alone. God is on mission, but in his sending and coming and going, he never leaves us alone. Isn't that good? Are you lonely today, friend? Anybody here alone? Isolated? Man, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the backside of Christmas is for you crash and burn. Maybe for you it's just a lonely. Maybe, maybe Christmas was like that for you. Maybe you think, Matt, I spent the most miserable weekend alone. You know what the beauty of this God, the Holy Spirit, this helper who is here, who is a, who is a sent helper, this God who is on mission, who is constantly sending and coming and going, the fact is in all that and all of his dealing with us as followers of him, we are never alone. It is a beautiful statement in verse 7 when Jesus says, if I go, if I go, I will send him to you. Christian friend, take comfort in that. You are not alone. There is security in the sentness of God. There is security in the sentness of God. God doesn't just untether himself from us. Jesus says, I'm not going to go to the Father and leave you. Until I come back, I will send another helper. Man, God is on mission, but we are not alone. The Holy Spirit is a sent helper. So the question is, are you living on mission? Because guess what? If if God is on mission, guess who else should be on mission? You and me, Christian friend. Um, John 20, 21, Jesus said this, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So, so are you living on mission? As it were, are you saying today, pathway, friend, Jesus has sent me on mission to that coworker, to this family member. The helper is here. He is a sent helper God is on mission. God is sending you on mission. There's a couple in our church you may or may not know, Jake and Faye Vincic, and guess what? At the turn of the calendar, they're off to the Dominican Republic to serve God. We're going to send them off. Do you know that? Maybe you know them, maybe you don't, maybe you've contributed to them. I was talking to Jake a couple weeks ago. He said, hey, Matt, for the first time in my life, I bought one-way plane tickets. They're not coming back for a while. They're sent they're on mission. Listen, maybe God's not calling you to, maybe God's not telling you to buy one-way plane tickets. But if you're, listen, if you're a child of God, he is, he is sending you on mission. Where are you on mission? There's a group of people in our church meet a couple times a month now, building up to, building up to February-ish to hop on a plane and go to Kenya again. Ken, you know how far away that is from Beaver Falls, Kenya I know, I bet it's not eight there. But anyway, that group of people will be sent from Pathway. Man, Pathway, sending place. Because God is on mission. God the Holy Spirit, the helper, is here, and he is a, he is a sending helper. Live on mission. 
Back to that point quickly, are you feeling alone? When Jesus said, but if I go, I will send another helper to you. You're not alone. There's security in the sentness of God. Do you ever, do you ever with family members, like you're in separate cars and maybe you're going back to this family member's house and they don't realize that you don't have a key to their house? And so you get there before them, and they're going to be delayed, and you're stuck there at their house. I panic when that happens. We were, we were at my in-laws this past week, and it was, you know, sub-zero, and I was with my family. My, my father-in-law was elsewhere, and we got back to the house, and, like, no key to get in. And it's, we're going to freeze to death. I'm around the back of the house looking, looking for open windows. You know, which one can I break that can be easily fixed? My son's like, Dad, you need to calm down. They're coming. And my father-in-law is one of these guys, there's no key hidden at his house, right? What's up with that? Like some of you are like, you know, you could go on a treasure hunt at your house, right? you got keys hidden all over the place. Good for you. Some of you are like that with your car. Like, yeah, if you go into the hood, under the firewall, reach all the way up, right there. There's one of those, you know, magnetic boxes, 50 keys in there for your car. You'll never be locked out. Love that. Love when I call that family member and say, hey, man, I'm locked out. Dude, there's a key under that pot right under the plant there. Yes, I'm in. Leave me a key, please. Jesus says, I have to go to the Father. But as it were, child of God, I've left you a key. (laughs) And the key I've left is as good as as my life and my word and my work among you. Because this, this helper who is here, God the Holy Spirit, he's a sent helper. And I'm on mission, I have to go, and I will come again, but in between I will, I will send you another helper. Hey friend who doesn't know Jesus here today, are you alone? What fills the void of your loneliness? Maybe you think you got something. Maybe you know you got nothing. Listen, God comes to us and says, I am with you still. Sent helper, the Holy Spirit of God. Look at Romans 8 says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. What's what's the nature of your problem this morning? I'll bet there's someone here, and if not, someone you know who hears how prayer is for them. Oh, that's all they can get out. You ever been there? Jesus tells us, I'm sending another helper and he will be with you until I come again. He is God the Spirit and he will not leave you alone. The Holy Spirit is a sent helper. God is with us still. Sent here, on mission. So we're on mission. The helper is here, we are not alone. Man, that's good. All right, two, the Holy Spirit is a personal helper. He's a personal helper. Take it personally, okay? Listen, God wants you to take it personally. 
He, he, wants, he wants to be on the throne of your life. God does. And the, the person of God, the Holy Spirit, the helper who is here, wants you to take his work personally. Very personally. Notice, uh, let's read verse 8 again. And when he comes, this helper who is here, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. God the Holy Spirit is a personal helper and he has, he has things to do in your life and in the world that are to be taken very personally. There's three words that are pretty easy to see there and pretty easy to outline in the verse that we read there, uh, verse 8. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning what? Three things. Concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. I like to think about it like this. And really, we're not going to read it, but if you went into 9 and 10 and 11, he kinda, Jesus kind of lays out what that looks like. Let me, let me summarize it this way. The, the personal work of the sent helper, the Holy Spirit, is this. He's come to convict the world of sin. He's come to draw men to himself, to convict us of sin. Secondly, he has come to celebrate the righteous one, Jesus. Sin and righteousness. To say, listen, what's your righteousness? If your righteousness is in you, it's unrighteousness. The only righteous one is Jesus who died on the cross, was buried and rose again. And the Holy Spirit says, or Jesus says, the, the sent helper will, will point you to that, take it personally, to the righteous one. He will, this spirit, this sent helper, he will convict of sin, he will celebrate the righteous one, he will confront with judgment. He will confront with judgment. So, so Jesus says, I'm sending a helper, God the Holy Spirit, and when he comes, his work will be very personal. The, friend, don't miss this. The Holy, and and some, some beliefs are like this, and it's just wrong because some are like, hey, listen, the Holy Spirit's kind of like he's electricity out there, and it's, you know, spooky. It's not what the Spirit is. The Spirit is personally. The Holy Spirit is God. And, the, and God the Holy Spirit has a personal work to do, convicting of sin, pointing and celebrating the righteous one, always back to Jesus celebrating Jesus and confronting us with judgment. Maybe you're like, well, I don't like that, Matt. It sounds a little personal. I know. I don't necessarily like it either sometimes. Conviction of sin. Confronting with judgment. But Jesus says, take the work of the helper, the Holy Spirit, God, take it personally. He's here to convict of sin. He's here to always celebrate, point to the righteous one, Jesus, only. And he's here to confront us with judgment. One writer says this, people claim the right to determine for, the sem for themselves what will count as sin, what will be their standard of righteousness, and where judgment has or has not been properly expressed. Isn't that true? That's social media, right? Like, think about Facebook posts. What will count as sin? What will be the standard of righteousness? And where judgment has or has not been properly expressed. I'm, 
I don't know about you, sometimes that's, that's how I handle social media. Well, let me tell you how it should be. Fire this off. Some of you are like, man, I'm retweeting that. Or I'm liking this. Because I don't know about you, but, but I very much connect with what's said there. I'll determine what will count as sin, what will be the standard of righteousness, and where judgment has or has not been properly expressed. How about if I decide that? This writer, this writer says Jesus here challenges that ethical autonomy. Hey, friend, if, if you're here today and you sit in your seat thinking, I control things like who or what will count as sin and what will the standard of righteousness be and where judgment will or will not be properly expressed. Jesus says, Jesus says, God the Holy Spirit challenges that personal and ethical autonomy. Matt challenges it in my life. Jesus says. He's here to convict of sin, to celebrate the only righteous one and to confront us with judgment if we don't trust Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit's a personal helper. The helper's here, and he wants us to take his work personally. Take it personally. When was the, when was the last time you were in an elevator so I've, I've been in and out of the hospitals quite a bit visiting folks. And a couple weeks ago, JoLynn was with me, and we, went, we were down at a hospital in Pittsburgh. And we got lost, because I always do in the hospitals. And this guy at a desk told me, go up the next floor, get on any of the elevators. You'll get where you need to go. Okay, so we did. I found an elevator. And El JoLynn was like, this doesn't look. I was like, come on, let's go. He said, any elevator. In we went. We're waiting in there, and the door opens before we could get off. And uh, a medical-looking person comes in. And she's like, what floor are you guys going to? And we told her the floor. And I noticed she took some kind of swipe card and like ran it over the thing. I was like, well, that's weird. Never done that in an elevator. Up we went, door open, we get out. We are in the, we are in the, the, the brain trust center of where people get ready to, they're being prepped to go into the operating room. I know, I was like, I know I'm important, but I'm not this important. So, uh, there was a nurse who looked at us like, what are you doing here? I don't know. She's like, you're not supposed to be here. I said, well, the lady did the swipe card and let us come up. She got us to where we needed to go, but elevators are weird, aren't they? Like several kinds, of, I don't know what kind of person you are in an elevator. I'm more of the like, don't look at me, I won't look at you, right? Most of us are like that. Like even if I'm in there with someone I know, I, I don't want to look at you, right? It's just kind of weird. It's just look down. Some of you, you get in and you're like, you're like the elevator host, though. You're like, what floor would you like? You like a drink? Right? You ever have those people in the elevator? Stop looking at me. I'll pick my own floor. I don't want you to know where I'm going. Some, sometimes in an elevator, if you ever look at the person next, next to you, maybe it's just you and that person, and you size them up and think, all right, if, if anything happens, I think this person looks normal. Like, if we're stuck here for a couple days, I think I can make it. Or I think I can take them if I have to, right? It's just elevators are just weird sociological places. 
I know this, though. A lot's been made about elevators just being a place where, just listen, stay out of my personal space. Elevators get worse the more people that get on, right? Because then it's like, oh, man, get me out of here. (laughs) In the elevator of your life, God the Holy Spirit wants to get into your personal space. You okay with that? Wants to get in your face. Wants to get in my face. He's a personal helper. He wants to convict you of sin. Where, 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 where is the personal helper convicting you of sin right now? He wants to celebrate the righteous one, Jesus. That's it. That's who's on the throne. Jesus says he will come. He will celebrate my righteousness. Jesus wants the throne of your life. Hey, friend, what needs kicked off the throne of your life? What needs kicked off the throne of my life? Because Jesus says, hey, Matt, I want to get personal with with your self-righteousness. This personal helper wants to confront you with judgment that is to come if you don't trust Jesus. Man, that's exclusive, I know. That's what Jesus says. He's here to deal. He's here to deal with some personal things, with sin, with righteousness, with judgment. God, the Holy Spirit, the helper, is here. God with us still. He is a, he is a personal helper. Is your heart open to the Spirit's work, friend? Where is he convicting you of sin? Where is he pointing you to the righteous one, Jesus? Where is he confronting you with the judgment of the cross? Last thing is this. The Holy Spirit is a trustworthy helper. He's a trustworthy helper. Two things about his trustworthiness in the end of this text. The Holy Spirit is trustworthy because he has authority and he has unity. Um, let me read. Let me read 12 through 15. How many, how many he wills do you hear here? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Man, let me tell you, this, the helper who is here, the Holy Spirit of God, he is trustworthy because he comes on the authority of Jesus Christ. He will. Seven times, that's what I found there. Seven times. He will. He might... He will. He will do these things. The Holy Spirit of God is trustworthy. This is from Jesus, the authority of God, very God. He will. I love verse 13 where Jesus says, He will guide you in all truth. This was a promise especially directed toward these 11 disciples. Who would what? They would write the New Testament, correct? And so specifically, Jesus is saying to these disciples, He is going to guide you to write Scripture. In so many words, we, we see this played out in 2 Peter. So, so Jesus says he will guide you in all truth, specifically to these 11 who will, who will give us the New Testament. 
But then broader, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us today. He's trustworthy. He has authority. Listen, friend, don't... TV preachers have given the Holy Spirit a bad name, I understand. I understand that. So don't abuse the authority of the Spirit of God. But here, here's what I think. I think we're much more prone to ignore the authority of the Holy Spirit. I, I, think, I think we're afraid to say, listen, I, I think it's the Spirit's leading. I think we're afraid to do the hard work in Scripture and counsel and prayer with others to get the mind of the Spirit of God to say, listen, He has authority, and so He's trustworthy, and so I will seek to live under His authority. So, listen, no, a lot of abuse under the name of the Spirit leading, but there's a lot of us ignoring the leading of the Spirit of God. Let's do the hard work to acknowledge His authority. He has authority, He has unity. I love how Jesus sums this up in in 14 and 15 and weaves together the persons of the Trinity. He, this helper who is here, Jesus says in 14, he will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Celebrating the righteous one there. 15, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. See how Trinitarian that is? Man, that's an awesome verse. The trustworthiness of the helper who is here, the Holy Spirit of God, is rooted in none other than the authority of God himself and the unity of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. So big. He is trustworthy. God, the Holy Spirit, the trustworthy helper, is here to see this through in your life and mine. Do you believe that? Christian friend, do you live like you believe that? What is it that you need the helper for in your life? A couple weeks ago, I bought a vacuum cleaner. New vacuum, big day in the fry house. When I was done making the purchase, purchase it spit out a thing that said I could buy a warranty on my vacuum for four dollars sign me up four bucks to guarantee my vacuum cleaner that's not can you imagine I mean I couldn't believe it I I vacuum with so much confidence now if anything happens I pay somebody four bucks brand new vacuum cleaner best four dollars I ever spent I would not have spent $20 for that warranty. I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh, I'm not spending $20 for that. $4, I'm in. I'd like to have spent two, but four? Okay. $4 takes care of my problems. I was thinking about that this week and thinking about the trustworthiness in the authority and the unity of this sent personal helper, the Holy Spirit of God. And when I thought about the helper who is here, I thought, you know what? Sometimes I trust God with my $4 problems. But, but anything more than a $4 problem, I kind of can't trust him anymore. Like, hey God, the $4 warranty, I can trust you with those things, but if, 
If, if the problems get bigger than $4, I'm not sure I can trust you, God. I'm not sure you can handle it. I might have to panic. I might have to worry. I might have to fall apart. And let me tell you, here's the problem. I have a lot more problems that are bigger than $4 worth of God. How about you? I, I mean, I'm a blessed person, but 2018 holds things probably a lot bigger than a $4 warranty from God's going to handle. I've got stuff I've got to be able to turn over him that, that I need a lot more than $4 worth. And yet in my humanness, in my lack of faith, in my doubt, I'm unwilling to do that. I'm saying, God, I'll trust you with the $4 things, but beyond that, I'm taking things back. Friend, I hope if nothing else, you're able to see that this sent personal helper is trustworthy because he is God, very God. And this helper, the Holy Spirit, is here. So on the cusp of 2018, who or what is your helper? Because someone or something is. On the cusp of 2018, who or what is your helper? Because someone or something is. God the Holy Spirit, God the Helper, God with us still. The Helper is here. I would say this to you as you think about the great Helper. If the Helper's doing a work in your life, he may be doing one of three things today that I will leave you with as we go to take into 2018. He's saying this to you, believe the gospel for yourself. Maybe you're here today and Jesus Christ is not on the throne of your life. He's coming to you today and by the, by the power of the Spirit of God convicting you of sin and saying, believe the gospel for yourself. The work of the Spirit is to tell you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Believe the gospel for yourself. If, if you don't know Jesus, reach out to us on that card and say, I need to believe the gospel for myself or talk to me afterwards, or reach out to us this week. Some of us in here need to preach the gospel to ourselves. Because you believe it, but you're living like you don't believe it. You're living like, listen, I, God, I, can only, I, I think you can only handle $4 worth of my problems. And so for you, it, it's the hard work of, of opening the new year with was saying, okay, I need to preach the gospel to myself. I need to go back to the conviction of sin, the celebration of the righteous one. You need to preach that to yourself. You need to get into the word and to prayer and to Bible study and to relationships that will bring the gospel and preach the gospel. Believe the gospel for yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. Some of us need to do this. Take the gospel beyond ourselves. For some of us, the convicting work of the Spirit is this. I'm on mission. You should be on mission. So for some of us here, it's taking the gospel beyond ourselves. Believe the gospel for yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. Take the gospel beyond yourself. The helper, God the Holy Spirit, is here. He is sent. He is personal. He's trustworthy. In 2018, what work does he need to do in your life? Let's pray. Thank you for a great series, Father in Heaven. 
We are, we are in awe even on a cold morning at verse 15 where your son Jesus, our great righteous Savior, tangles up in a good way the work of Father, Son, and Spirit coming, going, sending. Lord, help us, help us to respond appropriately to the work of the Spirit of God. Lord, if there's one this morning who needs convicted of sin, to be drawn in celebration to the Holy One, Jesus, the only Holy One, your Son, to be confronted with judgment outside of Christ, Lord, I pray you do that work. Lord, help us to believe the gospel for ourselves, to preach the gospel to ourselves. Yes, in 2018, to take the gospel beyond ourselves. The helper is here to facilitate all that. Lord, where is our willingness? Make us willing. Lord, begin to do that work in this new year that is before us. We thank you for the hope and the promise of it because God is with us still. In his great name we pray, amen.